Welcome to Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday, where all your questions for your primary care doctor are answered. Our goal is to help our listeners make their wellness a priority and live out long, enjoyable, and fulfilling lives. All right, we are on. I am super excited and pumped. Welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday. I have a treat for you guys. I have Dr. Wimena with us today. Um, We're going to be talking all about sickle cell. So I'm going to start with introductions and we're going to get right into it. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Dr. Uday. I'm a board certified family medicine physician. I'm based out of Martinsburg, West Virginia. I own a primary care practice. And I also own an aesthetic practice, and my goal is to have my patients not only looking good, but feeling good. All right, so I'm going to um, introduce Dr. Tuasia Womena. Um, she is an associate professor of medicine and hematology at Duke University School of Medicine. She um, obtained her MD from Duke University and master's in clinical investigation from Northwestern University. She completed her internal medicine residency at Duke University Medical Center and hematology oncology fellowship training at McGraw Medical Center of Northwestern University. So Dr. Wemena is a hematologist and clinician researcher who helps academic clinicians build research programs whether or not they have a mentor. I think this is awesome. All right, Dr. Tosi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. Yay. All right, so we're going to jump right into it. So the the, um, key um, concept today is going to be sickle cell anemia. So I'm going to throw it to you. So what is it for our, our listeners? Yes, thank you for asking. So sickle cell anemia is a disease that affects red blood cells. And what happens is if you go to the genetic part of the red cells, there is a problem in the gene that makes hemoglobin, which is the the protein that's really, really important for carrying oxygen through the red cell to all the parts of the body. So because this protein is defective, what happens is that the that when the red cells, which are supposed to be very flexible and able to pass through tiny, tiny places to deliver oxygen, when the red cell gets deoxygenated under stress for any reason, it gets stiff and and very, it's no longer flexible. So it starts to break apart. It starts breaking apart. So that's the hemolysis breaking apart. And then there's anemia because the red blood cells that are broken apart are dying. And the problem is that these red blood cells get stuck on their way to the to deliver oxygen. So the tissues they're on their way to deliver oxygen to are no are not getting oxygen and then they're blocking the way causing inflammation and pain and so one of the big features of sickle cell disease is pain and that's really the the pain of tissue that's not getting oxygen and as a result the tissue is dying and sometimes that affects bone so there's bony pain and and it can be a big feature of the disease gotcha so you kind of touched on some of it with the next question so what are the signs and symptoms of this um, disorder that's a really great question so sickle cell disease is really diagnosed when uh, when people are children and many times what happens is there is the the baby has the their mother's antibodies and 
um, a lot of proteins from mom and some of the some of the healthier hemoglobin really from an early age. But about six months, you start to see some of these signs and symptoms, and that includes pain. And and you know it's hard at six months to tell what what why the baby is crying. But you know a lot of crying episodes related to pain in the hands, pain in the legs, and um, and other symptoms and side effects like that. So because we have newborn screening in the United States, many patients are diagnosed at birth. Um, however, there are many of our patients who come from other countries who may not have newborn screening programs may immigrate and then be diagnosed. And so, you know, people with sickle cell have different manifestations of disease. Although chronic pain is a feature of it, not everybody has pain to the same degree. And so some people are actually not diagnosed till they're adults. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as far as um, diagnosis, you touched on that, where newborn screening is one, and then obviously blood work. Is there anything else we're missing on diagnosis piece there? Mm -hmm. That, that's a great question. It's it's actually, that is it. It's blood work that allows us to see what kind of hemoglobin is present. And some people will actually undergo genetic testing, but really there's a simple test that allows us to see what kind of hemoglobin is present. And there are different kinds of sickle cell. So there are different kinds of, of manifestations and different kinds of um, um, genetic, um, uh, uh, different, different genes that are affected. So different... Um, uh, what I call genotypes, but um, all one disease. So in a sense, sickle cell is an umbrella term that actually incorporates a couple of different things. Gotcha. Now this one is uh, um, a loaded question, treatment. What are the, and you know, do your best to keep it, you know, so that well, our listeners can follow. <laughs> sure. It's, yeah. a, <laughs> it's a really great question. So I think there are three categories of treatment in sickle cell disease. One of them is what we call disease-modifying therapy. That means that we're actually trying to affect the way the disease works at the basic level. And there are a couple of different ones. Some of them, we know how they work. Others, we do not. Um, but essentially, um, I, I won't necessarily go into all the names. There are a whole bunch of them. Hydroxyurea is one oh. of the ones that's been around a, a long time. We've got a couple of new ones like Oxbrita. Um, we've got Crizanlozumab. So there's a bunch of new medications that are coming as well. Many of these medications are trying to address the problem of red blood cells um, dis getting destroyed and or or help the hemoglobin because there's anemia is trying to make the anemia better. So not as bad as it is. So that's one category. The other category is kind of what I will call the category of support. So if you have anemia and it's pretty severe, your red blood cells are not enough. And so we transfuse, we um, transfuse to help patients um, to help patients feel better, to help patients have the oxygen capacity that red cells give. So that's kind of the supportive therapy. And other supportive therapies are hydration. So you go in the hospital, many of our patients get IV fluids. Um, and then the other therapy is just to address symptoms. So pain control. So a lot of therapies associated with really managing the pain of sickle cell disease. Gotcha. You did that so well. Thank you so much for being so concise with that. All right. And this is another one that our audience would like to hear about. Any tips from your perspective to keep, to minimize complications and keep, you know, sickle cell patients, you know, feeling their best if possible? Absolutely. And thank you for asking that. You know, I think 
the most important piece of advice I give my patients is to avoid stress in all its forms. And that is the hardest advice ever. It's really yeah. to avoid stress, not just emotionally and um, mentally, but also to avoid stress physically. And so sometimes when the weather gets really cold, it affects our patients significantly. Um, when so, so any extremes of weather can be challenging for our patients. So in general, if you can live a life of Zen, <laughs> <laughs> that may be the biggest thing that you do. I think the second, <laughs> <laughs> the second part of that is really hydration. Your red cells love, 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 love to be hydrated. Anything that dehydrates them, stresses them out, can be a challenge and can precipitate crises. So staying hydrated, that, that's really important as well. Um, and then I think the third piece is having a great team. So making sure that you are connected with your primary care doctor and hopefully a hematologist as well, so that when you do have a crisis, there's a team that knows you, that you trust, that can help take care of you or can help others take care of you. I think those three things are important. Absolutely. Those are all amazing advice. So you guys listen to the expert. She's saying it. So, and we are definitely here to help. Now I'm actually going to switch gears. Uh, my next two questions are going to be more about you. The first one I do ask is why do you do what you do, doc? Wow. That's such a great question. I, <laughs> Um, so, you know, I'll take a step back and say I'm a hematologist. That means I'm a blood diseases doctor. And sickle cell is one of the diseases that I treat. But many of these diseases are rare. And they really affect really a small minority of the population. That's why they're rare diseases. And for that reason, I think many of these diseases are neglected and, and really many of our patients who are affected really need champions. And so, you know, I really came into this field because I had a mentor who was so strong and such an advocate in taking care of patients with sickle cell disease. And she inspired me to come into the field. And so I'm also, I, I want to make a difference for our patients. And that's part of why I'm a researcher, because I want to be able to help more than just the patient in front of me. I want to take a step back and help millions of patients. That is awesome. So tell me more about the research piece and how you help in that in that way. Absolutely. So I'm a researcher in rare dis disorders. And actually, the rare disorder that I work in specifically is thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. That's a deadly disease that we diagnose in adulthood. And what we're trying to do is kind of do something similar to what we've done in sickle cell, only different, but going as early as possible to diagnose people sooner so that they don't have the complications of the disease, which if you find people sooner, you should be able to hopefully avoid some of those big complications. So that's my major area of research. But really, one of the things I want to do is empower more clinicians to lead research programs so that our patients can get the help that they need. Because I think clinicians are really at the forefront of being advocates for their patients. And I think so many more just need to be able to come in and have the resources to help answer these questions so that we can find cures to disease so that we can find better therapies and help our patients live better and longer. Absolutely. That is beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. So they, I, I totally agree with you. That is amazing. Okay. Um, the other question, so this one is a little bit of a curveball. Um, and so the question is, with all the experience that you've had and all the life that you've lived so far, if you met your 20-year-old self, what would you tell them? What would you Ooh, I would say, <laughs> I, I would say get ready for the ride of your life. This is going to be so awesome. <laughs> 
love to hear the responses because you don't know who you're going to help out there with that question. <laughs> but thank you so much, Dr. Tracy. This was so amazing. You guys didn't realize this was going to be so good. This, I mean, this from beginning to end was packed full of information. I'm pretty sure my patients and listeners are so happy. So the other question before I forget is how can people find you if they're looking for you? Oh, yeah. So I am on social media. I'm on Facebook at, as Chayasian Womena, also on LinkedIn as Chayasian Womena, and I'm on Instagram and YouTube as Coag Coach. Come find me. Yay. So you guys definitely check her out. And on our end, um, if you're looking for a quality primary care physician, look us up. We are here to help um, at Apple Valley Family Medicine. Um, our phone number is 304-350-1087, and our website is www.applevalleyfamilymed.com. And I always give a disclaimer that the information that we give is for informational purposes only. Even though we are both um, physicians, we are not your personal physician. So if you have any personal issues, please definitely direct that to your personal physicians. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Dr. Toyasi, for joining. Um, and you guys have a wonderful week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for having me. Thanks. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and include a review. Don't forget, you're worth it. And your health is our priority. Tune in for another episode next week and have a great rest of your week.